I tell you what, I'm just like, I'm still in the worship zone of praising the Lord. Yeah, there is a hallelujah in the house. Woo-wee. I'll tell you what, we're going to need to do some more worshiping before we get out of here today. Yeah. Praise God for that. Um, the Lord is looking for the hungry. The Lord is looking for the hungry. He gives us throughout his word that the ones who are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, those are the ones who be satisfied and filled. Oh, my goodness. So what? just get your hearts ready for another time to just pour out praise to him. Because I would hate to leave this day and think, Lord, we left worship and adoration on the table. Because this is a worship celebration. It's a worship gathering where we come to get around his goodness and pour out and give of our hearts. And we say, God, there's nobody like you in all of the earth. So I cannot wait to see what God does as we say, Lord, I'm presenting my hunger, my hunger to you. Get ready for that. Get ready for that. Because this is a really special day. Really special day. Oh, my goodness. In the spirit. We got in here early this morning and the stuff was blowing over. We had to remove the tents because the tents were literally blowing over like dangerous. So it was like, okay, we're just going to move the tents because we don't want anybody to get hurt. And, and, the, and the music stands and all the stuff was blowing over. And it was like, wow, what is going on today? Is it just simply the wind and a wind pattern? Sometimes it is. We know that in the natural. Some things just are what they are. You don't have to make them very deep. But when you look through the eyes of Scripture, you, you have to ask yourself the question, what are you saying, Holy Spirit? Because I believe you're giving us a message. If the skies can proclaim of your glory and tell of your wondrous ways and acts, well, I imagine the wind can tell us some things too. So I just don't want you to miss it because the word came forth early this year that God was going to complete some really specific and special things by the end of this summer. There's some really big things going on within the body of Christ, but especially at Bridge Church, that God would complete some really significant things. And when I see and he saw that wind blowing, oh yeah, yeah, keep that hungry. And as I saw that wind blowing, I said, Lord, what are you up to today? Lord, what are you up to? What are you up to today? Because your Bible is so rich of, of meaning. And so when, when things are happening, we go and we say, we take everything by the word and we say, well, Lord, how do you want me to see what is happening? What is happening? Is this wind from you or is it from the enemy? Pastor, what are you talking about? Because your Bible says that there are times where the winds would blow and Jesus would rebuke the wind because there was something demonic behind that wind. Peace be still. But then there's other times where that wind is blowing and that wind reminds us of Holy Spirit. Rushing wind, come fill this temple. This temple being who? Us, me and you. Come fill our mind, will, and emotions. Remove everything that's not like you. Holy Spirit, blow. Holy Spirit, wind, move through. Holy Spirit, breathe. And he put on our hearts to pour out praise. It's your breath in our lungs on a day where he would be knocking stuff over with his wind, with his air. Oh, somebody better get ready. I'm trying to do the best I can to make sure it comes right to your context so you would be encouraged if you would receive that type of encouragement into your heart, into your, into your life. The scripture deals with another word 
It deals with another word in two ways. And multidimensionally, does our scripture, does the Bible give us understanding on how to see different things? Somebody say death. Yeah, death, death, death. Lots of different ways the Bible deals with death. Lots of ways, lots of ways. And I say, oh, Lord, boy, you are really speaking to us today. You are really speaking to us today. I want to use as a, as a title from death to life. From death to life. From death to life. And I, I'm, I'm even more excited by this entire thing because of what's happened this morning, and because I had not purposed to teach or preach from death to life on this uh, April 18th. What I thought we were going to be talking about today was about Hosea and Gomer. That's what I thought we were going to be talking about. But the Lord disrupted my sleep, and he put a witness within the body who texted me and said, I don't know if this has something to do with what you're uh, uh, if, this, if, if you're praying about any of this, but I just feel like led to share with you about what the Lord was talking about. This happened on between last Sunday and last Monday. And so then we got a redirect. So not Hosea and Gomer today. We would be doing from death to life today. And so the Lord set some things up in a really unique way to make sure, heads up, make sure they know, make sure they know, make sure they don't miss it. And then I want to give you one more prophetic utterance so that you don't miss this. Because you've already heard it, but I want to give it to you one more time. The Lord was talking to us about snow. He was talking to us about snow and, and what the snow would mean. And he was sharing with us that the snow out of Isaiah 55 was his word. His word. And the Lord was encouraging us that he was doing what only he could do to bring about the fulfillment of his word and his promises in our life. Then, then we get to this place where we say, oh, when the wind is blowing, I am believing that God is doing a cleansing, that God is removing debris, that God is removing distraction. Oh, my goodness. Things that have stopped us from moving forward in the Lord and seeing who God has called us to be. God is moving those things. Yeah, thank you for doing that. And so uh, I don't know how long we're going to uh, be here in this moment, but y'all just, y'all, somebody say lean in. Lean in, lean in, lean in. Ooh, baby. Good to see y'all. I got in enough framing. I was doing a lot of framing right there. I'm really trying to make sure we don't miss anything. Because I've, I've come to know as I, the more I've taught and the more I've uh, worked with Bridge Church, if I don't frame it a certain way, people miss it. They'll come bring me a problem and I'll say, we just talked about that. Oh, I didn't hear it. Oh, it's because it wasn't framed a certain way. And so you, you, didn't, you weren't listening. Somebody say yes. Yeah, I, I've always found that God always rewards the yes before I get to the scripture, the yes before I hear the word, the yes, he's looking for that. And so I tend to get more because I've already come to God with yes. I'm leaning in to make sure that I hear. So I'm trying to do a good job of framing it in a way where our expectation is of the Lord and our eyes are set, are set on him. Are you with me? Yeah. This is good. Okay, so from death to life, from death to life, how do you go from death to life? How? How? How do you go from death to life? Mom, dad, how do I go from death to life? I can't, when Phoenix asks you, you're going to be ready. 
When Josiah asks you, you're going to be ready. Grandmom, granddad, how do I go from death to life? Spouse, how do I go? How do you go from death to life? Coworker, friend, neighbor, how? How? How do you go from death, from death to life? How? How? We're going to answer that. This is what the, I believe the Lord's redirect was for us to, to camp out in here for a little bit. This. How? How do we go from death to life? And I can see it on your face as you're thinking, how would I answer that question? Praise God. That's the that's look. You're asking the right question. How would I answer that question? How do you go from death, from death? to life. Now, as we talked about earlier, just with the wind, when we see death in the scripture, which multi, it's a multidimensional conversation. Sometimes we see death and it's bad. Sometimes we see death and it's good. Sometimes we see death and it's being applied in a certain context or a certain metaphor. But we as Jesus followers have to be able to answer the question, how do we go, how do we go from death to life? If we want to look on one layer or one dimension, we're dealing with physically and spiritually. Physically and spiritually. Let's, let's, let's look at those real quick. Let's look and, or let's talk about physical because what we want to talk about is how we go from death to life spiritually. How we go from death to life spiritually. Let's go through the physical conversation. The, what is the life expectancy in the U.S. right now? Oh, somebody's got real close. Somebody are really close. It's 78.54 right now. 78.54. And some of you have probably read articles that the life expectancy is increasing. That is, as, as conditions, uh, our understanding, certain science is getting better, the life expectancy is increasing. I like two quotes I want to share with you from one from Steve Jobs and the other from Arthur uh, Schopenhauer. Steve Jobs said, Jobs said, if you live each day as it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Okay. Arthur Schopenhauer, thanks for that laugh. Mostly it is loss which teaches us about the worth of things. Mostly it is loss which teaches us about the worth of things. When you see somebody really diving into life. I remember um, after Tom had a, uh, a heart attack and just listening to the conversations he was having and the plans he was making, I was like, oh man, I was really leaning in, listening to what he was saying. And some of you have also experienced others who have come near death, near death experiences and, and have listened to the way they talk about life. There's something about death that makes me lean into life all the more. It makes life all the all the sweeter. It's like, uh, well, I don't really know how much time I have. I've, I'm going to go full out. I'm not going to hold anything back. I just, I'm going to give it all that I got. Because um, as the scripture says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. This time is this time. So we'd be here and we'd be present. But there's a time coming. And if you were with us a few years ago, you remember when we talked about life 1.0, life 2.0, and life 3.0. But there is a time coming in Christ Jesus where, where, where there will be life eternal with God that, will, that we will enjoy. Now, as we get into spiritual death, 
we're going to look at a passage that we looked at last week. It's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And I want us to read it together, but before reading it, I want us to remember that the writer is Paul. Paul, who knows something about spiritual death to life. This is Paul, persecutor of the church. Paul, who was blinded and, and on, on the road, the Damascus road, had an encounter with God, an encounter with God and God's presence where he was blinded by that encounter and then given physical eyesight that also helped us understand his spiritual eyesight. His eyes had been opened. He was, he was awakened. So when we hear this passage that doesn't address any particular person or any particular group of people, doesn't call any particular names. It's theoretical in some ways, doctrinal in, in, in a lot of its use. I want us to know that it's coming from somebody who experienced spiritual, who was dead, but who was made alive. And now he's speaking to a group of Jesus followers that they would be able to understand the unifying testimony of what Jesus does in the life of every single person. That our comeback story is a comeback story where we pass from death to life all by the person and the work of Holy Spirit. Any believer you meet across the world, Tunisia, they could be in Zimbabwe, wherever they are, we all have the same comeback story from spiritual death to life. So with that, let's read this passage and see what the Lord has for us. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, somebody say, but God. Yeah. But God being rich in mercy, whoo, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, help us. Amen. Amen. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. Will you show my, my sign? Warning. Warning. Well, we might have an issue. But have you ever seen, have you ever seen those no trespassing signs? Have you ever seen one of those? Yeah. Those no trespassing signs is what comes to mind to me when I look in this right here in Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 10. Because it says, you were dead in trespassing. You were dead in, if you trespass, it makes you rebellious. It means you are rebelling against something. There's a boundary line that has been set. And if you go over that boundary, it places you in the category of trespassing. 
trespassing. So this, this spiritual language, I want it to be real clear to us because God is constantly giving us ways to understand how to be um, in, in the world and not of it. To enjoy Jesus, enjoy one another, and not trespass. Oh, you remember the Bible story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God said, you can eat all this stuff, but that one tree, that one tree, don't mess with that tree. Because if you mess with that tree, that's a trespass. That's a trespass. That's a, a boundary that has been set. And if you mess with that, then you enter into rebellion. You enter into rebellion. So the scripture says that all of us, every single one of us, share in the comeback story where we have trespassed, where we have rebelled against whatever God says is best for us and his love for us. We have rebelled against it, and in so doing, uh, walk in trespass, iniquity, sin, missing the mark. A lot of those are synonyms for one another. Somebody say dead in trespasses. That's part of all of our testimony, doctrinally. And then as I'm answering the question for my kids, as I'm answering the question for my coworkers or somebody who doesn't have a grid or an understanding or a framework for what is this about, I can talk to them about I was dead in trespasses and sin. This is the teaching of the Scripture. This is why we need a Savior. If everybody did everything right, Jesus would have no business going to a cross. He would have no business going to a cross. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, do me a flavor. Do me a flavor. Everybody just look at my hand right here. Look right here at my hand. I have, and I want you to tell me how many fingers I have up. Five. Good. Now how many right here? Hallelujah. What about here? Yeah. Now here? Good. If you see my hand go up right here, it's, it's just I'm getting that nudge from the Lord. Help them help lean in. Help the people pay attention. Help them. Help them. If you see this hand go up, just re really make sure you lean in right here. Because I don't want you to miss what, what the Lord's got for you. <laughs> you guys doing okay in this sun and everything? Bean, can all y'all are good? Okay, I'm in right here. Okay. So right there. Y'all got me. You're with me. You're with me. Holly! Oh, church. Ooh. I got a church right now. Hallelujah! Boy, I tell you what, that makes the enemy nervous. When the people come together to worship God and to focus on God like that, the Lord says, I'm going to command a blessing on your unity. You're looking at me. You're hungering after me. It makes the enemy nervous. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to push your uh, patience, so I'm not going to, I'm going to cut it a little shorter because... We, you know, we work with what we got. Okay, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, spiritual death. The scripture gives us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Well, what does that mean, dead in trespasses and sins? If you're walking around, well, what's dead? We'll say dead spiritually. Uh, back to that uh, story of uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. Well, he said, the scripture said, well, as soon as you eat of this fruit, ye shall surely what? It said you would die. But we know they ate of the fruit, and they didn't die physically. Did they? No, they didn't die physically. They died in another way. A way of understanding is they died spiritually. Their sensitivity, some kind of connection was broken. Some type of order that God had set up. They couldn't enjoy it like that anymore. Thank God for a Redeemer who would come. 
Christ Jesus would come and then give us the example of how to love God and be filled with God's Spirit so that it, through the power of the Spirit, we're looking more like how Adam was supposed to look. The Scripture calls him the last Adam in 1 Corinthians 15. It was restored. Eloi asks you the question, how, how do you pass from death to life? And then we get into this passage, and, and these words, man, these words can be so easy to miss. We took a moment, but ah, I don't think we did a, a clear enough job. Because if you go to verse 8, it reads, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. It is the gift of who? It's the gift of who? Not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. How do you pass from death to life? It's a gift of God. It's a gift of God. And what was the gift of God called? Say it loud. Okay, let me read it for you. Did you? Thank you. Okay, yeah. Okay, y'all got to talk back to me. I know. You, I, wait, hey, Lord's helping us. He's helping us. We're, he's helping us. We, we got disappointments. We have some folks who were uh, up at, uh, super early. Um, didn't get to sleep till really late because it was dealing with suicide. Friend, it was a suicide. We have folks who, who uh, has been dealing beat up with discouragement all throughout the week. Uh, uh, people right now are wondering whether or not the, uh, God is really for, I mean, there's a lot of traumas that are present right here, right now, that are making it difficult for the word to get through. But we just persevere by God's spirit. So just, just, stay, just stay with me. I'm not going to hold you very long. But I, I'm with you. I'm, con- I'm in it. I'm in it with you. I can feel the pain. I, we could stop some stuff right now. That's, I, I, that's why I'm wondering, like, Lord, it's like you're just going to move us just into worship. And God's going to deal with some things spiritually because there's some things you just can't talk about. Some things you, God just got to come in and just do it, right? You know, and so we just, we're not going, we, we won't, we, the old school say, we're not going to tarry too long right in this, in this part. But I want us to be able to answer the question from death to life. How do you go from death to life? It is the gift of God, and we call that gift what? Grace. And you can't be scared about grace. And our timidity about b- proclaiming grace might be part of the issue. People are not being reached with the gospel. is because we have forgotten the gift of God, which is the grace of God. The grace of God is what enables us to walk by faith. If there is no grace, I can't walk by faith. This is what the scripture teaches all throughout from Genesis to Revelation. If there is no, uh, let me say it like this, if there is no million dollars in that bank account, I can't spend a million dollars because it's not there. Now, this is not a good analogy, but I'm trying to help us understand we, we need to spend the grace that God gives us. But if we don't know that grace is there, if we don't know that gift is there, then we don't enjoy the gift of God. And the gift of God is not casual. Your spiritual gifts, talents, your ability to raise your kids, your ability to endure at work. Work conflicts, all the things that we go through in real life, we get to go through them by the grace of God. If there's no grace, there's no endurance. If there's no grace, there's no hope. It's just going to always be bad. (laughs) It's just always going to be tough. There is no hope without grace. And so when God gives us this gift of his grace, He's telling us, I'm empowering you. I'm working in you. I'm working through you. I'm going to bring about my good and perfect will through people who would respond to the fact that I've given them an unlimited bank account of grace and who will flow and operate and make decisions because of the grace that I have provided for them. 
And that's called the church. I get a comeback from death to life spiritually by the grace of God, the gift of God. That is what makes me alive to Christ. And I can be, the other way the scripture says it, dead to sin. That's the other way the scripture deals with death. You can be dead spiritually, which is not a a positive thing. That's a negative thing. But then you can be dead to selfishness. You can be dead to flesh. And that's a positive thing. And we're exhorted. We're encouraged in the scripture. Hey, Die to that selfishness. Die to immaturity. Die to the stuff that's not like Jesus, that's not like Christ. Somebody shout grace. I don't know if anybody was around when we taught about grace a few years back. When I, the Lord blessed me with the, with, with the chance to get to pastor the church. And I thought, oh, we've got to make sure we understand doctrinally about grace. So we talked about greasy grace. That's the way I talked about it. Greasy grace. And we talked about the anointing. We talked about Holy Spirit resident within us. That as we acknowledge the person of Holy Spirit within us, we find ourselves making decisions like Jesus would make. Instead of being stingy, we're generous. Instead of being hateful, we're loving. Instead of being critical, we look for ways to call out the best in people. But we have to know that Holy Spirit is only inside of us. And if I don't respond to that grace, then I'm not unwrapped the gift of God. This is not a casual gift. If you're going to prophesy, if you're going to serve, if you're going to pastor, if you're going to be a husband, if you're going to be a wife, if you don't acknowledge the grace of God, you're not going to be a good one. Because I need grace. I need what God has that I don't already have to respond to so that I can make decisions based off of, God, thank you for your gift. I call it grace. The grace is grace that keeps on, the gift that keeps on giving. It's, it's, it's what keeps on giving, this grace. Some of you think, like to think about it like this, which is it's totally cool. Possibility thinking. Oh, the possibilities of the good that God is desiring to do in me, through me, and around me. Oh, the possibilities. When I look at it, I see possibilities. I see grace. I'm a grace-based parent. I'm a grace-based husband. I'm a grace-based pastor. When I look at it, I'm not looking at the wreckage. I'm looking at what God would do to restore and bring order. What God would do to set loose and set free. I want to be grace-based because that's the gift that God has given to every single one of us who would believe. Amen? Okay, I'm feeling like that's pretty good. Right? I'm like, ooh, I love it. I'm responding to the grace. But God loved me. He said, the scripture said, while we were yet sinners, God loved us and died for us. Oh, my goodness. And so if I have received this gift of God and I minister this gift of God, there is something that I'm supposed to be walking in day in and day out. Not that I would be able to boast about what I have done to earn something, but what I have done so that I can receive. No boasting for earning, but I receive this gift. And then Ephesians 8, 9, and 10 tells us what our mentality, our psychology, what our mindset. Paul said, be renewed in your should be like as I go from glory to glory, strength to strength. As that marriage goes from glory to glory and strength to strength. As that parenting relationship goes from glory to glory and strength to strength. As that relationship with my boss or my coworkers goes from glory to glory and strength to strength. 
I should know if I have unwrapped this gift of grace and continue to enjoy this gift of grace that I am God's work of art. I'm supposed to walk in to whatever situation knowing I got a gift on the inside of me. Here I come. I'm about to serve you a piece of art. Somebody say a masterpiece. Somebody say work of art. In, 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 the, in the Greek, it's a poem, art, this beautiful piece of meaning and understanding. When I come into the room because I have unwrapped the gift of God, beauty is supposed to be where I am. I'm supposed to bring beauty to others because of this gift of God, this grace that I have received. I'm supposed to be able to bring, bring beauty in the correspondence, in my communication with my wife. And with my kids, because I have this gift of God on the inside of me that is working. God's gift of grace is working out in me and working through me a work of art. And if I am receiving this and responding to this daily grace, I'm supposed to be going from a place where like, oh, I, I see myself the wrong way to seeing myself rightly. Lord, send me, I'll do it. Lord, they won't do it, but I'll do it. Lord, they're scared, but I, I'm more scared of you. Lord, I'll do it. I'll go. I'll get in that messy situation. I, I, I'll do it. Because I'm going to rely on your grace. I'm going to rely on your grace. I'm going to rely on your strength. I'm going to rely on what? Your divine influence upon my heart. So in my weakness and in my tiredness, I'm not going to look at that. Sure, I'm going to know that's there, but I'm going to rely on your sustaining grace. Your grace that enables me to move forward. Somebody shout grace. Grace. I wrote a statement for you. I wrote it several ways. Responding to this grace of God, this character of who, of, of who God is and what he's given us, transforms how we see God, transforms how we see ourselves, transforms how, how we see others. The same God that did not give up on any one of us enables us and empowers us not to give up on others, not to give up on the good future and the good hope that God has for us. But that's a daily choice to remind myself, Am I going to operate, some of you would say like this, an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset? If I'm operating in abundance, I'm operating by the grace of God. And I say, God, I don't have it, but you do. But you do. But you do. Ben, come on, let's come on. As we sing to God, as we worship, I want us to respond to his grace. I want us to boast in his grace. Jeremiah said it like this, let anyone who boasts, boast in this, that he knows me. And I want us to ask Holy Spirit for a heart revelation that God is gracing us, gracing us not only for change in, in how we do our business, how we parent, how we marriage, but God is gracing us for the change internally with how we relate to him, how we see ourselves, that we're moving away from the insecurities that have defined us, and we're pressing in, pressing in to God says, I've called you to be salt and called you to be light. Oh, help us, Holy Spirit, to respond to grace that is right now, 
right now kind of faith in you. So with that, I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can just in your own way, you might be doing a a breath prayer right now. You might be saying, thank you, Lord. You might be saying, Lord, help me to see your grace. Help me to be more in tune with the grace that you give me. Whatever that prayer is, you can just speak it out. You could just whisper it. You could just under your your mask, just gently say it. You can say, thank you.